everybody. Welcome to Queer for the Right Reasons, Lesbian Reflections on Bachelor Nation. I'm Viriel. And I'm MP. I'm Kim K. And man, has it been a big week. Not just for the beach, but for this very podcast. Ooh, so much is happening. very famous now. Guys. So many listeners. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. You can't avoid us even if you tried. I mean, I'm getting stopped on the street. Are you getting stopped on the street? <laughs> for your voice? You have a really you have a really noticeable voice. That's why. Every time I walk anywhere and ask anything, they go, wait a minute. Say that again. Are you very ill? <laughs> <laughs> no, we got an abundance of listeners this week. We were very excited. We are now officially on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Yeah. Our website has gotten a lot more information. Oh, it yeah, has pictures absolutely. of us. Yeah. I think we have like 20 Instagram followers. It's getting serious business. Yeah. Things are getting big time. But the biggest news is that we have a sponsor. Oh my God. Ladies and gentlemen, the second best thing to come out of South Florida since Tyler C. (laughs) Are flagpole swimsuits. That's right. Yeah, everybody on the beach in paradise should be wearing these suits because they are so fancy and flattering. They're made with these thick, buttery fabrics imported all the way from Europe, handcrafted here in New York City. Yeah. I'm I'm not good enough to have one of these suits. (laughs) Yes, you are. Women owned. Women owned. At least one of them could be a lesbian owned business. One of them is a lesbian. One of them is a lesbian. (laughs) Oh, but there's three of them. Right. I was thinking of the two. One of them is a confirmed lesbian. One one of them is a lesbian. I want to be a lesbian, and the other is. You want Megan to be a lesbian? You want Megan? Of course. Of course course. you do. I think both of those women would have very good luck with the ladies. 100%. Jamie, too. I could watch Jamie dance longer than I could watch Blake dance. And I could watch Blake dance forever. Check them out. Flagpole nyc.com they have high-waisted one pieces they have men's now it's getting there's no reason why bachelor in paradise shouldn't be completely 100 percent outfitted by this magical creative eye and tasia if you're listening and i know you're listening you would look very nice in all of these suits oh my god i also think sydney would be like flagpole's biggest fan she loves like a a really interesting sharp asymmetrical cut she likes a cutout like i think that uh uh, yeah i think sydney should also hop on to that website asap yes there is no better sponsor than the most beautiful swimsuits for our first round of paradise in this podcast flagpole nyc.com who gets this lucky with first time sponsors oh my god it's amazing on brand So as we say every week, just as a reminder and a recap, we are fans of The Bachelor. It's a nice show. Oh, yeah. We are big time fans. But what makes our podcast a little bit different is that we are looking at this show through a lesbian lens because we believe that Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise specifically has really been just appropriating lesbian relationship dynamics and that's how we break everything down so we have a series of segments that are all within this lens one segment's called processing and processing is something that comes naturally to those of us who are lesbians because a lesbian is in touch with her feelings isn't in touch with her partner's feelings is in touch with the feelings that they spark in one another so that's what we want to talk about feelings 
We have another segment called Dating Your Ex's Exes. Ooh, this is where we can offer the Bachelor cast members a lot of insight because like their community, our community is small and there is no way to get through it without dating your ex's exes. We have a segment called U-Hauling. The stereotypes are true, fans. When two lesbians meet one another, are smitten with one another, they are quick to commit. Fire up the U-Haul. And we have a segment called Fish Tacos. And that is where we stuff everything else we couldn't fit into the episode into a nice corn soft tortilla. (laughs) And then we wrap up the episode by all sharing what we believe the most lesbianic moment was of the episode. Mm, So many this time. So you guys, let's just dive in. Let's get on with a little bit of processing. We sit here in our storm, drink a toast to the slim chance of love's recovery. I mean, I hate to start at the back and then move to the front, but we cannot ignore this JPJ. Oh my gosh. Monologuing process. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was I don't know where to start. It was was a lot lot. and it came out of nowhere and it went zero to a hundred. Sure did. Starting from the top. He was hot for Tasha. He was hot for Tasha. Super hot for Tasha. And then Tajwan comes in. So Tajwan goes on a date with JPJ and proceeds to decide he's the one very quickly. She did a lot of processing with the producers. She was on that beach for a day, right? Probably. Probably Yeah, a day and a half, right? Because she came in. She came in. (laughs) She had her date. What happened that we didn't see that they both kept talking about what great chemistry they had and what a great time it was? Like, all we saw was, like, her being hot. Him almost throwing up for the second time and then them getting into a river that I'm sure had eels in it. (laughs) Did you spot some eels? Yeah. I think maybe they have a trauma bond because they were bonded over the trauma of fighting those eels. (laughs) Perhaps. He also did a lot of manscaping before that date. He's a well-manicured man. He absolutely is. Which is, again, why, you know, he would never make it as a lesbian. We don't have time for all that. He has probably less hair on his hairy, body than we're hairy most bunch. lesbians. Yeah, all any of lesbians. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Combined. <laughs> so then he comes back. He goes on a date with Haley. The twin. Uh, the twin. I loved the twins <laughs> in both their time on Ben's season and their time in Paradise. But Solo... Yeah, it's just not as exciting. The chemistry is really between the twins. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And then when one of the twins is missing, then she's just a person who wears a red bathing suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh, the interesting thing about you isn't here. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what did they do on their date? I don't even remember. Didn't they go date. horseback riding? Oh, horseback riding. Yeah. Well, that's and then he put yeah. sunscreen on her butt cheeks. Oh, that's yes. True. That got messy. Don't want those to burn. And like, who uses that kind of sunscreen anymore? Other than lesbians, I guess. Oh, the thick white that doesn't go away. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Like you put that on toddlers and lesbians. I wasn't concerned about the reefs either because zinc reef friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Fast forward through all of that, because what we really want to get to is what the fuck happened at the wedding. It was very strange. I felt like JPJ had entered a whole different show after all of our conversation about Derek and all the heroics and all of this it's like JPJ hadn't watched that show because all of a sudden he was like you are a womanizing terrible man 
And I'm like, yeah. oh, and or un- America's and been saying that. Unfortunately for JPJ, Derek did not take any of the bait. You no. know, like he was trying hard to tarnish this guy and say all this shit about him, which may or may not be true. We have no idea, right? Right. But I mean, duh, I'm sure he has a podcast. Who doesn't? Any three yayas can have a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His age showed his lack of communication and inability to like handle conflict. Like it was just it was terrible. It was such a bad, terrible moment. It was moment. so bad. It made JPJ look so bad. And it was such so self-sabotage. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and I honestly have no idea if it's that he's actually hurt or he needs screen time. Like, I have no fucking idea what was happening. It was the most baffling moment for me in paradise. I was feeling real tenderhearted for JPJ because at one point, and he said this multiple times, he said, I've been looking for my wife since I was 18. How did that make you feel tenderhearted and not think, and you're 24. So (laughs) I was looking a lot longer and I'm okay. What are you, are you kidding? Yeah, you were looking a lot longer. So your heart covered in calluses. Right. So making, making like tolerating rejection easy but he oh. still has sort of like a tender precious little You're heart such a good person but i was remember <laughs> remember when you i was like a sad like desperate 24 year old 24 year old lesbian who was in like love with everybody hair well, that's everybody that's everybody and you have created this like he has created he has written the story that taisha is his person will be mm-hmm. his wife and that's what i think set him off he was mourning the loss of this thing that was absolute make-believe yeah i was feeling sad for this guy yeah so then you what you think it was like a coping mechanism that he manifested this narrative of who Der- who he believed Derek was in his mind Derek is robbing him of his path towards marriage like he inflated Derek's role in this because he's inflated his relationship with Tasia but he fell back on every bit of like bad straight white cis male behavior in that confrontation like that was not a conversation as Derek had to point out to him several times that was him taking up a lot of air and him taking up a lot of space and like I get it he had feelings big feelings he's hurt but if you know we're looking at it through a processing lens he gets an F, you know, like, yes, he wouldn't listen. Yeah, Yeah. he didn't. There was no listening. He didn't come in there with a like, hey, man, I just want to talk to you because maybe you weren't aware, but I have real feelings for Tasha. What are your intentions here? I, you know, I know that you just went through this thing with Demi, but like, meanwhile, if you weren't aware, I was building a relationship and now I'm super hurt. Let's talk this out. Instead, he was like, you are this and this and this. Yeah. And he didn't give yeah. Derek even a, a second to respond. And once again, Derek, of course, handled it well. I mean, I'm tired of like patting him on the back, but he really did. He did. He is continuing to occupy Ugh. the position of solid guy. <laughs> he solid really is. Dude even when they got back, Derek. when they're back to the it's beach so and he came out of us saying yes. all the right things. I think his eyes got bluer. <laughs> his eyes did get bluer. Everybody's got eyes bluer. got bluer. Yeah. They got bluer. Um, I'm like, how could you get better, Derek? Your eyes just got bluer. <laughs> what this shows to us is that we got to do something. We need to get on that beach and we need to run a processing clinic. Yes. Oh, my God. 
Because yeah. they have the feelings, but they're expressing them, and we can identify the source of these feelings, <laughs> what motivates these feelings, but they don't know how to talk about them. But you know what? Here's the great news. They have two lesbians on the beach who seem pretty yes. masterful oh, at that 100%. shit. Oh, 100%. Yes. We're not going to see any drama there. We're going to like back and forth this ex- Rose exchange for the next however many episodes. Yes. So let's give them a purpose. You guys, if we had a processing clinic, other than just teaching them words, would we do any like team building exercises? You mean like a zip, zap, zap? Yeah. Like, or well, like maybe- a trust fall? <laughs> the- theater games? Could be. Icebreakers? Ice <laughs> like, ice- could be. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do in social work school? Do you do the like, ouch, oops? I feel like I've had to learn that one a lot many times. What is the yeah. ouch, oops? You know, there's an addition. Oh, ouch, what is it? Oops and oof. Oof. Ooh, oof. Wait a minute. Ouch, what is this? Quick, Break this okay, down. bullet point. Yeah. Break it down. It's really in the whole activation trigger warning world when you're with people and you're in conversation that you are encouraged to say ouch when someone has said something that has harmed you. You are encouraged to say oops when you have said something that has harmed someone else. Okay. And hot off the presses, you're encouraged to say oof when you perceive that someone has said something to someone else that harmed them. Can you imagine this This system? This conversation, this system. In paradise. I don't know that this is a group of people for whom anything triggers them. Oh. The bulk of them probably are not aware of it, but I'm sure that like anybody else who has any lived experience as a marginalized person, it just seems that like straight white privilege is the framing device of like everything. So I can't imagine Kaylin being like, oops, you know. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember, she is the least lesbian on this program. <laughs> Most of them are moving through the world with so little awareness, it seems to me. I would love... To see some like in our processing clinic, some fish bowls where it's like, put all the women of color in the center of the circle and let's hear what it's like to be a woman of color and The Bachelor. Love a fishbowl. When you guys say fishbowl, because I'm so new to this, you just mean putting someone in the center of the circle and we're all watching? You say, all right, anyone who has, you know, this kind of lived experience, you've got 15 minutes to just talk about that experience where no in this case, no white person gets to step in and also say like, well, I have felt this way. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's yeah, just yeah, 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 yeah. Giving that group of people the opportunity to kind of speak freely about their experience. And it's real uh, eye opening. I do have to say, though, to survive in this environment and most certainly to succeed in this environment, you have to shut down all of your sensitivity. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I have to be like, just I'm, I'm real easy. While we're in the JPJ umbrella, we could mention that for two seconds, Christian was legitimately jealous of JPJ. <laughs> well, you know what? And we should talk about that because that's another wonderful processing moment that happened. So Demi's sitting at the bar. JPJ came over and said, hey, Demi, can I steal you for a sec? Chit-chatting. And then they wrestled around in the giant pillows. And Christian was like, what the F? Yep. And I think that all eyes on the beach need to turn to this because I think Christian was really modeling top quality processing. She had a feeling that was provoked by a behavior that Demi was engaging in because Christian saw Demi and JPJ having some intimate giggles. I mean, they were just rolling around in the pillows, but yeah. understandable. Well, we know JPJ. We know JPJ. We and know we know Demi. And we right. know Demi. But she but doesn't. Christian doesn't know. She doesn't. Yep. She certainly doesn't. And I think that she 
understandably, is still being vigilant because she mm-hmm. knows that she is a single choice mm-hmm. in Bachelor in Paradise, and that is Demi because she hasn't named her identity, but I think it was starting to come out in this conversation when she said that here in Paradise, you have options, Demi, and I don't. Mm-hmm. Which puts her in a very vulnerable position, given that the entire purpose of this show and the only reason one stays on this free vacation is if they remain in a couple. Mm-hmm. So Christian is definitely very vulnerable in her yeah. relationship with Demi. And I think, and, she, and I love that she brought that up. Yeah. Um, Demi listened. Demi responded. Demi validated. It was uh, A-plus processing. I mean, not to keep quantifying everything with grades, but... <laughs> Don't need to standardize. I don't need to standardize, but it was really, along with Christian's suit-inspired dress, a highlight of the two episodes. (laughs) She looks good in white. Yeah, she still refuses to wear a bra, but that's all right. I'm okay with it. I'm into that. (laughs) You know what I do want to talk about? JPJ and Blake. And Pat, very awkward, comforting session that happened. Blake did not know what to do. How uncomfortable... They were both in that moment. I've never heard the word dude more times in my life. (laughs) Dude, it's hard, dude. There was a lot of dudes. But again, I think that the dudes were designed to match all the really loving touches. Because Blake was doing a lot of loving touching of JBJ. They had the close up on the hand on the shoulder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like some nice, like 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 a loving shoulder squeeze. So I think like Blake's like, I'm going to get letters for all of this man touching. <laughs> By letters, you mean comments? She what, means what, like, what, dear Blake, I mean, when I watched like that comments. episode. When I watched that episode, I, I realized thinking, you were you touching another it. man and you're a homosexual and homosexuality oh, yeah. is a those sin. Come, those come in comments now. Nobody, nobody wastes a postage. Stamp. I, I mean, love a letter. I mean, I'm I all really about a handwriting. I want them to come yeah. in a letter. <laughs> I mean, talking about the conversation of masculinity, because now I've become hypersensitive to all of their choices and how it's Mm -hmm. perceived. That was this really interesting moment that once again felt a little real because you could see how uncomfortable it was. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, effort made. Effort made. An effort that didn't have to be made. Yeah. Let's dive into a little dating your ex's exes. To the blows of insecurity. Dating your ex's exes usually is just the cyclical nature of the dating scheme, but we're dealing with a real ex in this one. We're talking about Clay and Angela. I thought that their conversation, while he was trying so hard to hold back on camera, was so real. Him saying, you know, what happened was I talked to my agent and my career in the NFL is over and I have to think about my future. And what the missing part of that sentence is, so I agreed to go in paradise and had to break up with you. My guess is that we're going to see those two end up together. I think so, too. You think Clay and Angela? Yeah, I think they're yeah, going to end up I getting think, engaged and it's all going to be I, I agree. I think that's like where we're headed. And I don't know if that was like scripted from the get-go because, again, I never believe these people are good enough actors to like pull this shit off. <laughs> I think about but you I, saying that all the time when I watch it. <laughs> they're not. They're just not. But I'm not a fan of Nicole. I'm just going to like, I'll just be out about it. Like, I can't. <laughs> I'm why? not a fan. I, it's the why? song. Because just say it, Kim. It's the song. It's the song. <laughs> I can't. I will never get over the song. I'll no. never get over like all the bullshit at the beginning. I think she likes the attention. I wasn't a fan of her on 
Colton season. I went on a fan of her. Like, I just, whatever. She has the and worst intro. Exactly. Like, she's, I feel like Don't she's do giving that with Miami your a bad name. You're better <laughs> yeah. than that. Your shoulder's mm-hmm. better than that. In the tiny bit of time that we saw Clay and Angela together, he was looking at her in a way that, like, like looking at her. I feel like when yeah. he's with Nicole, he's never actually looking at her in the face. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. snuggling her. He's, you know, kind of staring off. But I feel like they had something real and something good. So I'm giving Clay a lot of room to forgive himself. And I hope that he does ultimately end up with Angela. That's that's what I'm hoping for. I think she has really, really good hair. Yeah. One of my favorite things that you guys have said on every episode is that none of these nightmares have a job. And I would like to state that when Clay said, I lost my my playing days, he this is his job. I mean, but maybe we're the suckers in all of this. I mean, can you imagine if our job was to just always be outside and sit with people that we kind of mostly like, wear bathing suits, swim in pools and ride Ride horses? horses. If Chris Harrison called me today and said, do you want to spend next summer in paradise? I would say yes. That's a firm yes. That's a firm and immediate yes. That's a 100% yes. Yeah. Yeah. You just come with that big suitcase full of flagpole suits. Flagpole 100%. Suits. I have flagpole suits, flagpole cover-ups. <laughs> I do want to say that they never go inside. They don't. There is no inside. When they're inside, have you seen what the inside looks like in that like moment where Kaylin was like crying oh, in a bikini yeah. and then putting yeah. on makeup? It was like weird plants. Yeah. Blank it's, walls. It's terrifying. A mattress in the corner. <laughs> it's like it's like a scene from Saw. Yes, with like a thousand eyelash glue, like empty oh containers God, so of eyelash glue. glue, and like so, <laughs> so, so many, like many so many dry like shampoo bottles. Yes, it's so like many that's face it wipes. They also just sleep in the middle of all their luggage. Yeah, There's yeah, just yes. luggage that's around disgusting. the boundaries Is of that the room. What? I was never in a sorority. And P, were you in a sorority? Were you in a sorority? And P, were you just already? Stop oh revealing my, my darkest secret. God. Okay, but this is what I want to know because it. I feel like you have the probably the best insight in, into the female contestants on the show. Oh, I like that. It's because I know so many straight girls. <laughs> yes, that. And is is that what like a sorority house looks like? Is it that filthy? Oh, it gets it gets ripe. <laughs> it, I mean, it gets ripe. Ugh. I really. I'm overwhelmed by the amount of time and the amount of makeup that they wear. Oh, my God. So much. She was putting on her makeup while she was crying. Did you like how in her darkest hour, Kaylin brings out a Norma Desmond mirror and then sits on the floor? 100%. I loved it. It was my favorite moment of both episodes. It was I was like, cry I was like, that mirror has yeah. every angle. Yeah. Yeah. It was spectacular. All right, you guys. Let's roll in to... <laughs> <laughs> you roll into you hauling. I didn't even mean it. I didn't even mean it. Let's That's roll into you hauling. Let's oh, put this theory. baby in neutral and just let it roll down the hill. You two know uh, so much about cars. Oh, I oh. love to drive a U-Haul. Have I ever mentioned Me that? too. The bigger the vehicle, I, the better. I love Give driving a, a Mack U-Haul truck. as well. Oh, it's wonderful. When we do our road show, let's please do it out of the back Ugh, of a U-Haul. 
Genius. Genius. So good. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, we're already talking to people (laughs) about the future when we will do a live show. Yeah. It's clearly going to happen. Naturally. Let's get into the U-Hauling. I think it's clearly a conversation of Kaylin somewhat on a pivot point with Dean and Connor. We have to talk about Dean for a second. We got to talk about Dean. Uh, Dean had uh, just, I mean... I love to say terrible tattoos. (laughs) He has the worst tattoos. I mean, he does have terrible tattoos. But also, that makes him real lesbianic. That arrow tattoo on his shoulder, I was like, oh boy. boy. I could have easily had that. Do you like how he has a silhouette of Hey Arnold, the Nickelodeon character, on his inner (laughs) arm? (laughs) He does know. He does. He has has a very strange icon on the inside of his arm. It's like, next up, the noise. (laughs) This was my favorite Dean quote. He said, "Oh, oh, I, oh, oh, I, I, I bet uh, I, pro- uh, I give you, I'll give you a thousand picnic baskets <laughs> if we had the same quote." Because I'm, I'm sure we do. Oh, God, on the count of three, we all start saying it. All right, okay, one, ready? two, three. I don't want to go to go dinner, dinner parties, parties on Saturday nights, nights and talk about and our talk about emotions and, and our emotions. <laughs> I was like, yes, so you don't want to go to lesbian dinner parties. I understand. But Dean, point of clarification, do you not want to go to dinner parties on Saturday nights when the content of the conversation is feelings, but you're willing to go to Saturday morning brunches and talk about feelings? What are you quibbling here with, Dean? The time? The day of the week, the content of the conversation, <laughs> buddy. I also love that that's what he thinks relationships are. Right? Oh, yes. Yeah. But also, I dated Dean in like <laughs> 2002, 2003. Yeah. And so I've lived that life. We lived in a, not a van, but a Toyota Corolla. Oh, I now know uh, who this I person is. And a four person tent. Uh, and and roomy. That's spacious. That's spacious. <laughs> Real spacious. And also, imagine that in that Corolla was a skateboard, a skimboard, a surfboard, and a ton of weed. Oh yeah. boy! Um, <laughs> Thank God there was a skimboard. And she's really dodging a bullet. Yeah. Emotionally, I think I was Dean for the first <laughs> ten years after I came out, so I get it. So I have to respect how honest he was, and I loved when he was like, "I'm doing us both a favor." And then, you know, within 24 hours, we he, she very much realized that. The thing is, what she, what Christina, what whoever else has fallen into his web and Veri's web <laughs> experiences, is that these deans of the world, they are all about love. So they're all about love, you know? So of course you feel like very seen because they're just like all about seeing like that's their vibe. You know what I mean? So, well, we're in love with being in love, but we don't want to be exactly like you love, love, but (laughs) you don't want to be, you're not interested in any of the kind of like restraints and things that go with love. And, I would say to Kaylin, the important lesson to learn here, which I've had to learn over and over and over in my long lesbian life, (laughs) is listen to what people are saying to you about who they are. Mm. Because he told her over and over and over over again who he was. And is there any version of Kaylin's life where she imagined she would 
live in a van and not no. shower. There's no, no version no. of he that. He said life. it. He said no. you'd be miserable as my girlfriend. Totally. Yes, of course she would. He knows. He was I a mess. He was this a mess. Absolutely, the consequence of youth. But has any, every single person on this podcast has refused to listen when women have told us exactly who they are? One hundred percent. Literally refused. Uh, I have refused it even very recently. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, I don't ever want to be accountable to anybody. I don't want to ever want to check in with somebody when I make plans. I'm like, no. Oh, so that means you want me to be spontaneous. <laughs> and that is what I'm saying. I'm saying, Kaylin, listen to this old carpet muncher. Right. I am telling you, <laughs> learn this lesson early because otherwise you are going to be crying into a margarita for many, many years to come. Yeah. yeah, but thank God she recovered so quickly. Right. Yeah, so she's literally crying wow. at the wedding, and then yeah. turns around. Connor walks in, and she's like, Ooh. "How do I look? Right? How? Right. How's my hair? How's my hair? Yeah, because Spicoli and his long torso. Dare I say he has a longer torso? He has yeah. a longer torso than Blake. Who thought it was Im- possible? I thought it was impossible. I thought it was I, impossible. I can't believe it. And how are we going to tell Blake and Connor apart on the beach? I can't. How are I we going to do it? What if someone cuts up both their heads? Oh, impossible. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Christina and Kaylin have a lot of crossover, it seems. They're going to be well, both going after the same folks. First of all, I will always put my money on Christina. She has 100%. some spectacular... Russian mind games. She is so good. (laughs) She's a hustler. She's a hustler. She's amazing. My favorite fact about Christina, when she was struggling through her formative years in Russia, she would talk Mm -hmm. about that in order to survive, she would have to eat her mother's lipstick. Oh, yes. Yes. I remember this. Any person who was pushed to eating lipstick can do anything. 100%. No one is going to win against her. Ever. No one. The way that she worked that situation with Blake and got that rose, I mean, she is masterful. It was amazing. I am dying for the Christina spinoff narrative series. It was amazing. And then I also loved that even after Connor chose Caitlin and took her off, Christina didn't have any. She was like, whatever. I'll have time on the beach with him. Yeah. She's undeterred. 1980s slow clap. And she was like, no problem. I will do that. It's true. She is everybody's favorite my, 80s villain. She's like an 80s I would, villain. She's an 80s villain. She's like, I would get my time. She <laughs> no did. Problem. I personally think the like Kaylin pivoting to Connor deep lesbian you hauling moment was yes. maybe the biggest we've seen thus far. Like it was it so was fast. So fast. And they were. And that painting goes, was so bad. Oh, are we gonna wow. have to revoke her title of least les? Oh, tricky, uh, tricky. Mm, but you know what? Uh, <laughs> you just don't want to give no. it to her. I can't give I it mean, to her. No. I can't give it to her. I can't. You know why? Because her nail polish color matched her bathing suit top, and that alone disqualifies her for life. <laughs> Such a choice. Oh my god! Such a choice. Okay, you guys, let's launch into some fish tacos. You know, we we were talking about maybe giving some real estate to Christian and fish tacos probably every week. And beyond your desire to probably discuss her outfits, I would like to say how 
tickled I was when she had her awkward reaction to what the hell a rose ceremony is. (laughs) (laughs) No one briefed Christian on what's going to happen. So she's sitting there. She's like, I guess the guys are giving out roses. (laughs) I don't know. She's like, Margaret Mead. She's like, here I am. (laughs) (laughs) Reporting from a strange and undiscovered land. No one seems to ever go inside, and there's a lot of eyelash glue. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to talk about Christian's fashion, though. In the first kind of formal wear moment of VIP, Christian chose this kind of tuxedo dress and was like, I'm not going to suddenly put on a sparkly, sequined halter top. You know, I, I I was there for it. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Demi in a suit, but yes. Demi would rock a suit. Demi would would rock like a suit with no top underneath, you know, just like the jacket. I know that. I know that. Demi is lezzing so hard on her style, like those glasses and now the scrunchie and the it's not just like scrunchie on top. It's messy. Everything about it. Have you guys seen her recent Instagrams? I mean, before Christian even showed up, I knew this is where she was going because she's just like out in the woods. She's either hanging with Dean or a full fucking Les, you know, which is pretty much the same thing, right? I mean, she is like, she looks like she is in like an outward bound catalog. That's how like deep Les she is. She's just I, um, got that fleece, the zip fleece. She's it is. It just looks like like all yeah. fleece and like messy pigtails. She's also made for the woods. She's three feet tall. She can sleep in a tree. <laughs> so true. She's so small. My big aha moment of the episode was realizing that weddings for straights are what pride is for gays. Mm. And tell me more. Well, okay. So let's think about it. Like. The build up, what are they going to wear? Who are they going to take? What time are they going to get there? What is like, it feels very much like hitting the hitting like Pride Week when Pride Weekend is approaching and you're like, what parties am I going to? What am I going to wear? Who's going to get the seat? Who's going to get to sit on the love seat? Who's going to have to sit on the folding chair? (laughs) Exactly. All of that. But then once there, it's like anything could happen. Like I came, I came heartbroken with this person, but now I've fallen in love with this person. This is true. Kaylin's. Uh, Dean to Connor flip flop in one wedding feels like every pride I had in my twenties. <laughs> yes, right? so that's one. Also, second things: straight people go to weddings simply to get shit face drunk yes. and to dance a lot, right? Wow. Um, and then it's always about like the hookup that you never thought you could have any other time of year you can have during pride slash during straight wedding this is and a great then, point once again like, like the heteronormative narrative of like getting married reinforces and brings them some sort of hope and and propels them through the rest of their year as pride does for us right like having these couple days in june makes us feel like <laughs> oh we can almost survive the rest of this life Yeah, I'm also the most predictable lesbian because I'm not compelled by weddings. I think that you refuse to have one. I refuse to have one. I think gay folks who have and continue to prioritize marriage equality as our central issue or 
betraying the needs of the majority of our people. So I'm that lesbian. I'm actually more up on weddings and down on marriage. <laughs> I'm up on weddings because I love a Explain. party. That's what I'm talking about. I love to wear a dazzling outfit. Yeah. I love to be yeah. the best dressed person at a wedding, which As I I'm often sure am. Less critical of weddings, far more critical of marriage. Sure. For all of the very obvious reasons. The state getting tangled up in our commitment. The state somehow elevating romantic partnership over other forms of deep intimacy. True confession time. I am married. Mm -hmm. Begrudgingly married. Mm -hmm. Sort of at times enraged at the fact that I am married. The only reason we did it was because in order to have any rights to my own child, I had to be married so that my name could be on our kiddo's birth certificate. Many of us are doing it for the papers, whatever those papers may be, to get your name on your kiddo's birth certificate. Or I have some good buddies who just Or health insurance. <laughs> or health insurance, exactly. That's a super legitimate reason. I have two dear friends, two men who just got married because one of them... Um, has U.S. citizenship and the other one doesn't. They got married so that he could start the citizenship process, but still feel really resentful, still feel um, really hetero. And I think that that's only that a theme that mm -hmm. is pretty consistent in this podcast is that we don't want to be straight mm -mm. and marriage sort of forces us to start sort of engaging in these straight conventions and that for me it feels like a betrayal of who I am like so something fundamental about who I am is someone who resists heteronormativity and does never wants to mimic or strive for any sort of conventional hetero way of being and we have to it points again to what I think is this connection between, you know, when, especially as we're hearing right now about these petitions for straight pride parades, straight what? people have had this celebration of love for a long time. It has been legitimized for a long time. It has Centuries. been celebrated. It has been normalized. And as a counterculture, whether or not it's turned into like kind of a capitalist parade or not, our decision was to celebrate our love in a really different way that included like Molly and sequins and <laughs> butt sex and blow. We could like one for one those, right? Like, right. Let's one for the bouquet one. is like the throwing of the condoms of a pride float, you know, like who's going to get fucked next, <laughs> right? There's like the band versus the like, you know, the DJs on the Pride Right, floats, the thumping house the thumping music. thumping house music. <laughs> you know, I would say that the like daddy-daughter dance is like when that sage float comes by and we like weep <laughs> for all the like old dykes and old gay men who cleared the path for us. And whose relationships have endured for 50 plus years. Yeah. Without only any... be through the strength of their connection and their Correct. deep and abiding Not commitment they to one a another. Contract. Yeah. Right. Like that's it. Like that to me, there's something so beautiful about queer connection that is completely independent of the state. It's just because we are going to wake up every day and show up and look at your gay face <laughs> and say, because your gay face is like the sun to me. I'm going to do whatever I can. I'm going to learn with you. I'm going to grow with you. I'm going to compromise with I'm you. Gonna I'm going to choose you I'm every gonna day. I'm going to choose you every single day. And not because it's a drag if we have to get divorced. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. But because yeah. every day I'm going to look at you and make a commitment to be with you. Yeah. And like that is just, that is gay love at its finest. It's true. Well, and this idea of, like you said, prioritizing gay marriage above any other queer social issue. You know, um, like economic justice to economic start. Just, correct. But th- that it is all part of this never ending narrative of like, in order to understand us, it must be in the framework of the straight narrative, right? Who is yes. the man? Who is the woman? Who is the top? Who is the bottom? Mm-hmm. I think what you're saying, what like what we all want to say is like, no, that doesn't that doesn't work. That doesn't have to be the only framing device for relationships. Exactly. How about we remain valid and real, even if you don't understand it, straight person. (laughs) And and to that point, I would say I rather enjoyed that Demi and Christian are presented together as a couple in the opening. Yes, Yes. this is true. This is true. Anything about their relationship that forces this like very binary, very heteronormative construction of the rules of this world to be viewed differently, I think, is like a step forward for us. Yeah. I mean, that's never happened before, right? No. And that I mean, this no matter be- how coupled people get, it's not like in the intro, all of a sudden they're holding their hand up exactly. together. Exactly. You guys, let's get into our lesbianic moments. It's the smudging. It's the smudging at the wedding is the most lesbianic moment. And also like deeply uncomfortably appropriative of a culture that just oh definitely is not that of Goose and Crystal. They're not showing their indigenous ancestry like smudging means something to actual people but to be fair crystal's name is crystal and we don't know what kind of deep woo she grew up yeah with. you know what <laughs> she's i mean she's got woo in her for me most les two co-champs chris and crystal because those two met one year ago. <laughs> it's very fast, you all. just got married. It's amazing. Well done, lesbians. <laughs> it's so fast. Chris was walked down the aisle by his, by his deep dyke sister. By his deep dyke sister. And, and let me tell you something. All we wanted desperately was for the camera to cut to Demi. Exactly. Exactly. I was like, look at her. Look at her. And then to Demi and Christian. In that cobalt blue suit. I know. Ugh. Anyway, I know I like I would love for Christian to be like, remember, Demi, remember when I said I had no options here? Things have changed. Things have changed. I am braless and ready to rumble. Virielle. I almost spit my drink when the rose ceremony began and they cued very indigo girls like <gasps> folk music. Oh, yes. Dear. Under Demi. It was oh, amazing. My God. It was spectacular. <laughs> I was like, if Amy Ray right walks out right now, I will <laughs> die. I was like, wait a minute, is our podcast queuing right now? I was like, yes, what it is was happening? so crazy? I agree. I think we have to admit something. I think that the producers of Bachelor in Paradise have obviously caught wind <laughs> to queer for the right reasons. Have listened to our three existing episodes. <laughs> yes. Have gone back, re-edited the entire series. To just do small, subtle tributes. 100%. To us. We had the fish tacos yell out. Thank now we have you. the Indigo Girls intro. Thank you. It's getting serious. Thank you. They're listening. All right. Well, I guess that's it, y'all. Thank you, Flagpole. Thanks, Flagpole. Thank you, Flagpole. Flagpolenyc.com. You guys can reach us at queer for the right reasons at gmail.com with questions, thoughts, interest, be involved, however you like. If you're interested in getting some sort of group rates for the processing clinic, we can also <laughs> share that with you. 
queerfortherightreasons.com. Oh man, there's so much stuff happening there now. Our faces, our bios, there's links to all the places, guys. Just last week, we were all like, where the hell are we? Now we are on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud. You can listen to us so many places. Oh, this website looks so nice. Meet the lesbians. We are on Twitter at QFTRR, and we're on Instagram at Queer for the Right Reasons. That's it, folks. We will see you next week here and queer. Yay! 